Welcome to the 52 Love Podcast, your show for 52 love lessons in 52 weeks. Before we dive in, remember you can find the video version of this episode on YouTube along with the rest of the series. And now here's your host, Ms. Tanya Todd. Hi, thank you for joining us for another episode of the 52 Love Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Todd. 52 Love began as a blog series last year, 52 Love Lessons in 52 Weeks. This year, we are exploring each of the tips with a new guest each week. This week's tip is to have a backyard picnic with your partner, and here to talk about it is my guest, Rochelle. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure. Sure. I am Rochelle R.L. Merrill. I write under both names. I write contemporary and paranormal romance and horror and pretty much whatever I'm inspired to write. <laughs> um, I like to dabble in a lot of different things. I'm a educate. I'm an educator. I took this year off um, to address some health issues, uh, and I'm a mom of two. Well, almost. Well, almost not a teenager and a teenager. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's me. Do you? find that you have difficulty genre hopping, like having to start over and remember these are the rules of this genre, or is is it something that you flow into easily? Rules? What are rules? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say that I have trouble hopping between one and the other, but I have trouble if I'm supposed to be working on something and I'm in the mood to write the other thing. Like, it seems like when I have a deadline and I need to be finishing one of my paranormal stories, mm -hmm. all I'll be thinking about and dreaming about is a contemporary, you know, uh, romance that is the complete opposite of what I'm writing. And so that's when it's a struggle because then you're like, I don't want to write this. I want to write the other thing. So <laughs> that's a struggle with your muse, though, not a struggle with the genre. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's just that the feel for me is really different, especially because some of the paranormal that I write is part of a group universe with mm -hmm. um, the author Robin Peterman. And those ones have to be funny, like they're funny, silly paranormal. And if I have to be following, like, I guess those are rules. Um, if I have to be following those rules and really I, I want to write like a, a soft, squishy gay romance, like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it is, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of both, a little bit of genre, a little bit of muse. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your journey. What kind of writing did you get started doing? And then how did you kind of transition into the others? Um, well, I, my first full length book that I wrote was, um, I finished it in 2012 and it was, um, a paranormal and it was uh, not something that I had ever thought I would do. I wrote short stories when I was a kid. I read a lot when I was in high school. And then I kind of stopped reading until I went to college or until after I went to college. And then when I was pregnant with my first child, I um, did a lot of reading because I was sick in bed and there was nothing else to do. <laughs> But it wasn't until, um, yeah, until 2009 um, that I really started to think, hey, I could, you know, I could, I could write, I could do this. 
And, um, and the first story that came out ended up being a paranormal, but the first book that I published was the second book I wrote and that was a contemporary. So, um, I, I am at heart a horror fan. I, I grew up watching horror movies. It's my favorite. Um, I read a lot of horror books, a lot of thrillers and mysteries, but when I started writing, it was like these love stories. And I was like, where is this? <laughs> I feel the same. I, I love I horror, but even my, you know, there's an, an element of both in what I write. Mm-hmm. There, there are no, you know, squishy heroes. <laughs> even, <laughs> even the heroes have some kind of dark side to them, but I love reading horror. But yes. I gravitate toward love for some reason, hence this podcast, you know. <laughs> I never thought I would be a romance writer, but there's obviously something to it if it keeps pulling me in. Right. Absolutely. It's a universal Absolutely. language, right? <laughs> yeah. So how did yeah, you get started I, with your contemporary romance? Oh, um, well, the contemporary romance I wrote, uh, the first one I wrote was called Haunted, and I wrote it after. <laughs> Even that first. has a horror. Even, yeah, <laughs> it, it takes place in the French Quarter, and one of the characters, um, it's about a band that is grieving the loss of a um, their manager, and they hire a tattoo artist to come and stay with them and design a memorial tattoo. Um it's in that's the really cool. Order. Yeah, it, it it was it was really fun. I wrote it um, after our first trip to New Orleans, and um, and after my father passed away, my biological father, and um, the dad that I just took a road trip with is my stepdad, <laughs> but he's been my stepdad since I was two. So, um, so he's your dad too. He's my dad. Yeah, he's my dad. My father was my father, and two very different men. Um, and after my father passed away, I had a lot of thoughts and feelings about that as you do. Um, and so I, writing the story was really a way for me to deal with, why do I not feel about this the way other people feel about losing a parent? You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I kind of had to process that a little bit. And so, um, and New Orleans, like. I, I, I loved it and I was immediately trying to figure out how to get back there. And someday I will live there, even if it's for just parts of the year at a time. But um, that place has my heart. And I think it calls you know, to it you. Really, yeah, it really does. It really does. So and those characters um, in the first I wrote, I wrote um, in the first book and Haunted and then I wrote Faded uh, and then um I wrote a paranormal story um, featuring what happened to that manager after she died. And oh, so that cool. was kind of like, so I have both, both of the characters have their little story, arc, but, um, but yeah, so I got to, to do a little paranormal with that. And that was actually the first paranormal um, story that I published. And so, um, and that came out about a year later, I think, than than Haunted. Haunted uh, came out in November of 2014. And then Minded was that, was the paranormal book. And that came out in December of 2015. So. If I remember correctly, you like to incorporate some element of music into your work, isn't that? Yeah. 
A lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, I, yes. Every, every book has a soundtrack. Every book has a sound. Um, each character has a way that I think of them that has to do with the kind of music. Like they all have their theme music. Mm-hmm. Um, I make Spotify playlists before writing. Sometimes as I'm writing, like my current work in progress, um, I can hear both of the characters, but I haven't found the right songs yet. So, mm-hmm. um, so I have like half of a playlist, like one character I have some songs for and the other character, I don't have any songs for him yet. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, music and I'm not a musician. I am a dancer, was a dancer, um, for a, a lot of my younger years. And so that I think I feel it. I, I feel music and I, mm-hmm. and I hear music. I don't create my own. I wish. Instead, I put my kid in guitar lessons. And so he's, <laughs> my son is my musician. He he is getting into um, writing music and stuff now. So maybe someday I'll convince him to write actual soundtracks for my characters. But yeah, for that now, would be amazing. I, yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to him about that yet because, you know, he still thinks this whole romance thing that I do is a little, it's a little annoying to him. But he's also... <laughs> Um, he, he doesn't like it that I turn everything into a romance novel. So maybe one day the romance bug will bite him. Yes. Let's hope so. He's definitely a hopeful kid. You know, he, he cares about people and he, you know, he doesn't think relationships are gross. Like he's not at that point, but, um, we, I, I, we have a commute to, to his school in the mornings. It's Mm -hmm. about a 10 mile drive. And, um, and we kept driving behind this guy on a Harley and he was obviously wearing mail carrier pants and, you know, had a backpack and had his little, you know, um, not quite legal helmet and, uh, cruising along. And we kept fought, we kept getting behind him in the mornings. And I was just like, okay, he needs to be a romance hero. Yeah, and he's a I character. Had, he is a character. And I had read this um, this article about this little girl who wrote thank you letters to her postal workers during the pandemic. And I was just like, here we go. Like, I, here's a little plot bunny. And I, I told your match. what it was. And he goes, why do you have to turn everything into a romance novel, mom? Not everything is about love. I'm like, okay, yeah, it kind of is. Isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. (laughs) Well, speaking of love, tell us about this week's tip. How did you guys go about your picnic? We had a wonderful, wonderful picnic. And I'm so grateful that you uh, invited me to come on your show and to really think about how to honor my relationship with my husband. We just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary and we've been together for 25 years and I've known him since I was 13, which is a lot of more years. So, um, <laughs> well, congratulations. You know, I'm like, yeah. Thank you. When you have that much time invested with somebody, um, it can be easy to ignore the romance. You know, I mean, we're best friends. We're kind of like soldiers together. We, we, we're fighting this battle that is parenting, that is being, um, you know, children taking care of adult parents and all that stuff. And it's like, 
we're working and all these things get in the way of us spending that quality romantic time together. Um, and so my, uh, tip that I had was to take a backyard picnic. And I had told you that the backyard was not the place. <laughs> That's the place. Um, currently right. You said you were going garden. to do an air mattress in the back of your truck, I think is what you said you were going to do. That, that was an original plan. Um, the backyard was off limits because it smells like animal because uh, we have a dog. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's not it, very con conducive to romance. It's not conducive <laughs> to romance. Plus, it's full of like, here are our bins that we need to store. Here mm -hmm. are here's the trash pile that we somehow need to get to the dumps. And here is the pile of stuff that we need to donate. And so like the whole backyard. Not quite the ambiance. <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, so I had said, yeah, let, we'll just, we'll go have a little picnic in the back of our truck. And um, right. You'll and adapt. That'll That's be, cool. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. But what ended up happening is that we, um, we, we got my new car, which I just got a Ford Bronco and it's phenomenal. It makes my husband seasick, but that's another story. Um, but we we took it for a drive um, and we went to a local park that is part of the grounds of a historic mansion in Hayward, California called the Meek Mansion. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite places locally. And there's beautiful grounds. There's a fountain. There's a playground. There's a huge like grass path and um, arbors and flower it was just it was it was perfect and there were a few families there kind of you know riding bikes around and playing mm -hmm. on the playground and we just put a quilt down on the on the grass and i made us did i make us peanut butter sandwiches i think i made us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> tuna sandwiches that's what it was i made us tuna sandwiches and we sat under some trees and ate and talked and walked and then we put the top down on the Bronco and we went for mm -hmm. a drive through the Canyon. And it was just a really, really, really nice day. A, w a really nice way to reconnect, um, to talk about all the things that we miss doing that we want to do, um, and how to do them and stop saying, well, when the pandemic's over or mm -hmm. when the kids are, you know, grown and, and out of the house or, when this or when this it's like no we need to do it now like that needs to be part of our daily you know existence well i love the way you t you know okay this part of it is not going to work so let's figure out how it will work you didn't say i can't do it you said we'll figure out a way to that we can and it yeah. turned into a little day trip for you yeah yeah it was it was great and um he working from home, I think has been particularly difficult for him because, well, in the beginning it was because his desk was in the middle of the house. And so mm. we were all trying to be quiet, but we live in a thousand square foot house with one bathroom, like with the dog and the cats, like there's no yeah. quiet. And so he was just like stressed because he couldn't focus. And then we moved him into the bedroom and moved my son into basically like our, our living room, but it's like on the outside of the house. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that way he can shut the door and everything would be quiet and he can, you know, have his peace. But what it's meant is there's no break for him ever because yeah. if he's sitting in his chair, he can hear the phone ringing on his computer. If he is, you know, um, he comes out here and sits in his chair and eats lunch, but he's still at work. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there's no commute to kind of drive home and come down yeah. before he sees the family. So he's 24 seven, he's working. And, and so it's been really it's like hard. being a runner and never getting a cool down period. Right. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, like when I was teaching and had little kids at home, it's like, you never stop taking care of kids because you're you know, uh, you take care of them all day and then you come, you pick them up from whatever place and then you take care of them until they go to bed and then you're too exhausted to do anything. So, um, you know, it gets a little easier when they can take care of their own stuff and you mm -hmm. have things to just kind of relax, but, um, no, so he hasn't been able to do that. And the things that he does like to do, he's too tired to do it. So he's relegated to like watching YouTube videos about fishing <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, looking at videos about people taking trips and going, Oh, this would be nice to do someday. Uh, so. Well, we, I'm very glad I was able to give him an opportunity to get out of the house. I hope he enjoyed yes. the trip. <laughs> well, yeah. And sometimes it, it takes that like, Oh, we have to do this because we said we were going to, it takes that motivation to actually get out you know and then isn't it strange out... that we'll do these things under obligations for someone else instead of doing it for ourselves yeah 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 it's like you know if a friend really needs to go out for a walk and so you go with them and you go for this walk and you're like oh I really needed this too but mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have somebody asking me to do it with them so, right yeah well, do it for each other. If you have trouble putting yourself first, do it for him. He needs a break. Yeah. So take him away for a break, that kind of thing. Well, and I then you will reap the rewards. To, La to Los Angeles to take me to a concert that I really want <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> He'll enjoy it. He has, a, he has a good time when he's there, but sometimes like the lead up to it is like, are we, are we getting a little old for, for Slipknot? <laughs> so yeah but he he'll he'll enjoy it once we're there and then he'll be happy that we're out of the house in a way but the lead up to getting out of the house and getting there is like <sighs> so well i definitely hope that you enjoy that trip it sounds like you need it too <laughs> yes very much i need live music like i need my next breath it's I miss it tremendously. Live theater and live music are the two things that I really, really missed during shutdown. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been to live. Well, stand up comedy. Yes. I haven't been to a play or a show in so long. So I think mm -hmm. the last show we went to go see was, um, Twyla Tharp's choreography to Billy Joel. It was called, Out, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And that was, you know, probably. That's very different from Slipknot. 
Well, yeah. It's kind of like your genres all over the place, right? (laughs) It's all over the place. Yeah. This morning, my son and I, it was, we get in the car in the mornings and he sets the, he sets the soundtrack. And so he started off the morning with, um, with Frank Sinatra and he's like, it's a, it's a big band day. I was like, perfect. So we listened to Harry Connick Jr. We listened to Lee Press on in the nails. We listened to the squirrel nut zippers. We listened to you know, um, to Frank, to Gene Kelly. Oh, that was the first song that he played was uh, Singing in the Rain. He said, we mm-hmm. have to because it's actually raining in California. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, tell us about your current work in pro- progress. What are you working on now? <sighs> well, like a lot of folks, um, I was bitten by the Ted Lasso bug. Um, if you're not familiar, it is a show on Apple TV that is about an American football coach who gets hired to coach a soccer team in England. And even though he knows nothing about soccer and there's a whole reason behind that, but I won't give it away. You can watch the show. Thank you Um, for that. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband had fallen in love with it. He had watched the first season and I'd had to listen to him while I was writing, ah, 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 just laughing hysterically <laughs> at the show. And I'm like, what is so funny? He's like, you have to watch the show. And I'm kind of one of those people that like, if you, if you tell me you have to watch this, you have to watch it. Then I then go, you can't oh, watch it. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I, I just, I have, I put up a, a wall and I won't. So then he started watching it again, the first season, he, he watched it again. And I kind of came in maybe two or three episodes into it. And I was like, hmm, okay, that was kind of funny. Okay. That was kind of funny. And then I was hooked. And so then my daughter wanted to watch it. So we went through and we ended up watching it. He's watched the first season three times wow. from start to finish. And then, um, the second season came out and we were just like gobbling it up every week. And, um, The nice thing about the show is it takes a look at the relationships men have with each other Mm -hmm. and, um, and how we can actually live in a world without toxic masculinity. That's one of the things that I take away from the show. Obviously everybody takes something different away from the show. But I've heard nothing but good things about it, including it, just if you need something that isn't going to have you walking away feeling heavier, yeah, <laughs> you want to feel yes. lighter and like there's some hope in the world, watch this show. Yes, it is very hopeful. And that is kind of my my drug of choice is hope. And so, um, yes, I, I hope is my middle from... name, sort of. Is it? Is it? <laughs> it well, means hope. Perfect. It's perfect. Um, but I think that you know, that idea that people can have relationships with each other that, that are on a different level, that they can be friends and, and, and there doesn't have to be that competitiveness in between them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had this, this idea of kind of throwing two very different characters together in, um, in a sports world, you know, Um, I'm not a huge sports person. Like I love baseball to watch it. Um, I was a cheerleader swimmer. I loved wrestling. Um, not a huge fan of football because of, um, 
well, toxic masculinity. Uh, I love football movies. Like, give me, you know, the replacements. Remember the Titans, like the when the game stands tall, like give me those movies. And I love it. But put on the NFL on a Sunday and I'm out of here. Like, I I just I can't. So um, but I wanted to kind of not only look at two very different men that are in this world, but also um, kind of explore how they can have an impact on their sport um, and have a positive interaction with the students they're coaching. But also I, as it kind of grew, I, I had, you know, I kind of imagined the story of these two guys who had met when they were in their prime mm-hmm. at their sports. And then now it's 15 years later and they've gone very different directions and how can, now that they're in the same place, can they actually turn this little flirtation they've had over the years into something real? And so, so it's another romance. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of pitched it as Ted Lasso meets bring it on. Um, but I, I think that cause it's a football coach and a cheerleading coach. Um, but as I'm writing it, it's kind of become something more than that. And so when it comes, when it's finished, I'm probably going to have to play with that pitch a little bit, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. inspired by the show, even though it's not the same setup as the show at all. Mm -hmm. It's that idea of we can be better. We can do better. We don't have to, you know, humiliate, you know, emasculate other men to make ourselves feel better. Like all that kind of stuff that happens in sports. Um, I'm also a big, uh, a big, well, I follow um, Jason Rogers has a newsletter called the mandate. And um, I found out about him because he uh, started a romance book club for men. And uh, you should check out him out on Twitter. Um, He's a former Olympic athlete who was sick and tired of kind of that toxic masculinity. And Mm -hmm. so he did this experiment. There was a big write up. I think it was in GQ. Um, or men's health, one of those magazines, you can find him on Twitter and, and, and look it up. But uh, we actually had him come and speak to our um, RWA chapter. This was a year, two years ago, probably. And I just, I really liked what he had to say. So I've continued to follow his, um, Mm -hmm. his newsletter and kind of his take on things that are going on in sports, things that are going on in the world. And so it kind of inspired me to kind of look at that as well. And um, we'll see what happens. I hope to have the book finished by the end of November. I'm doing it as part of a class that's um, called 90 Days to Done, How to Mm -hmm. Fast Draft Your Novel, which I've never written this way before. And it's a little unsettling, but um, I'm almost halfway done with it. I don't know what's happening. It's a lot of words, a lot of dialogue that just, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but (laughs) <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll be something. <laughs> so does that mean that you are a pantser? Um, yes, but I do tend to write a loose synopsis now before I start. I didn't mm-hmm. used to do that, but I've learned that having a roadmap gives, you know, makes me um, more efficient and more mm-hmm. able to, to get through it. I don't have as many of those like um, getting stuck points in the story. Yeah. 
but I, I, I'm not tied to that synopsis. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's very loose. It's, well, there's going to be a night when this is going to happen, but it's not laid out or anything. I just have to, okay, we're at that night now. Okay. Now what's going to happen? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, more of a planter yeah. than a, than a pantser. <laughs> yeah. Planter, plotzer, however you want to emphasize that, but yeah. Um, and so this class uh, it's taught by Rachel Heron, who is a friend. And um, I wanted the accountability since this is the first time that I've been um, writing full time and not working. And so I wanted the accountability of some some sort of structure so that I could make mm-hmm. sure that I got a book done this fall. And um, she's a big proponent of the, the of a story structure and doing a treatment of your characters before you get started. And so I'm kind of taking pieces of, of her, um, her method, other parts. I'm like, that's a little too structured for me, (laughs) but her whole thing is write the worst words possible. It doesn't matter. It's all going to be your first draft is crap. Like that's just how Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be, but you can't edit something that's not written. And so get through it and then you fix it all in revision. So, yep, she's right. And I struggle with the same thing, but Mm -hmm. it's good that you took this program to force you into writing those words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When is the last time you had a publication come out? Um, well, uh, my last full length novel was a match made in Spain and that came out in September. And then this past week, uh, I, that was a contemporary and <laughs> yes. Oh, and yeah, no, I, I'm all, I, I'm telling you, man, things that's, are just, that's ooh. very recent. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was, but it, it but I, it's kind of like when, when a book comes out for me, I, I'm on to the next thing. I don't like to dwell on it too much because then I start thinking about, well, is that, should I have, maybe I should have done, mm, did I do enough for launch? Did mm-hmm. I, you know, should I, what should I, so I, once the book is out, I'm on to the next thing. Like I, I still do promotion around it, but, um, but I immediately was on to the next thing. And the next thing was a collection of horror stories through um, the Bay area queer writers association. Um, we put out a book called horror show 2021. And it's a bunch of short stories we all wrote over the last year to kind of deal with, the horror show in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on Monday, I have my next funny paranormal uh, coming out, which is um, Fantastic Four. Ooh, nice title. (laughs) Nobody had used it yet. I looked everywhere because I thought somebody has used it. Nope. Um, And it's it's the second book in a trilogy set within this world uh, that was created by Robin Peterman. And um, it's a weather witch and her vampire mate who ha- met. Oh, that sounds like my love. life. <laughs> fell in love in the first book, <laughs> but it's very cute and sweet and awkward and funny. It sounds and- like Storm and her vampire lover, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, the this, this book definitely has like a Scooby-Doo kind of vibe to it. So that's what I was going for. And I had a lot of fun throwing in those, you know, haunted house elements and stuff. And, um, 
so yeah, so that that's coming out well, on Monday. Definitely send me the link for that because sure. it, it comes out the same day as this episode. Oh, perfect. So people can finish the episode and click right on that link and buy the book. Awesome. Awesome. Just do that. <laughs> yes, because you have so to. So why don't you tell everyone how they can find out? Yes. If you're watching, <laughs> she's showing you her shirt that says, think outside the box. Please yes. let the audience know where they can find you, how they can support you, and where they can find your books. Sure. Um, you can find me at www.rlmerrillauthor.com, um, on the socials at rlmerrillauthor. I also write um, horror-inspired music reviews for horroraddicts.net. And uh, my gal pal, Amy Z. Chan, and I host a um, weekly chat on Clubhouse in the What Are You Reading uh, Club. And uh, we talk with authors about what they're reading, what they're writing. Um, our next one on the 29th of October is going to feature um, Maria Vale. And we're going to be talking about monsters and monster love. And I'm very excited. <laughs> So um, that's, yeah. So those are the places you can find me. Well, thank you very much for doing this, this tip and enjoying your trip. And I'm glad to be able to help you and your husband get outside of the house, especially after the year and a half that we've had. Thank yes. you everyone for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe, and be sure to go out and buy Rochelle's books. Until <laughs> next time, remember to treat love as a verb. Oh.